Joshi. I'm the founder and CEO of Nuclei. We are a fintech uh, which works with multiple enterprises and delivers our product to multiple banks and telcos. Today, it is my privilege to have Rupesh Kumar, who is a dear friend and a veteran in the banking industry, plus now a startup founder at OneCard to uh, have on the podcast. Rupesh, so glad that you could take time out for us and welcome to the podcast. Yeah, cool. Thanks for having me. Pleasure to be here. Of course. Just before we started recording, we were discussing about uh, how OneCard has not been a three-year journey, right? It has been a 25-year-plus journey. And we're discussing about how uh, there are multiple events in life which which are very, very formative in nature, whether it is you know your college days or when you were working in a particular organization. And we were discussing that how those events led you to the position or place you are currently in life. So let's start from the beginning, right? Uh, and we'll, we'll, of course, definitely get into the one card journey and uh, discuss that in detail. But let's start from the uh, your beginning. Please tell us like, where did you grow up uh, and what was the journey till your IT daily days? So, um, Ankur, I grew up in a small town called Bukaro Steel City. It's a steel plant, as you can make out from the name. It was a small town full of engineers because everybody, you know, was an engineer who used to work in the steel plant. And um, the more interesting part was the people were from all over the country. And what it really led to is a confluence of very bright minds, uh, very different kind of cultures, very different ways of thinking. And that had a huge influence on, you know, who you made friends with, Know, who you played with that like having that framework in mind from that young age uh, obviously once you develop a framework you use it multiple number of times and of yes. course you used it to get into iit uh, how how was your experience at iit first two years were really difficult i can huh? tell you that yeah because because i was a small town boy and i went to iit delhi suddenly from a town of 100000 less than 100000 people to you know delhi which is like millions of people it was it was like a big change for me and uh, I was like completely fish out of water for the first two years. Then things started getting interesting because I started making friends there. And uh, what used to happen is a lot of people in IIT really used to be day scholars. So they used to come to college and then go back home in, in the afternoon. Oh, okay. Who used to be left in the hostels where people like us. Oh. So then slowly, slowly the hostel guys started bonding. And the last two years were a complete blast. I, I had like a lot of fun, you know. We explored Delhi, every nook and corner of Delhi from Paratha Gali to Kannada place and, and everything. But I can completely relate with your uh, experience. So I went from Indore to Bombay and the day I landed in Bombay, people who were, you know, living close to me in the hostel were all Bombay natives. My English was like on a scale of 10, probably 0.2, right? And their <laughs> English was, you know, 9.9, <laughs> And the, the kind of insecurity it gave me that like even though we are supposed to you went through the first couple of years but it gets yeah. easy of course because you yeah, build yeah. relationships and yeah. uh, those hostel relationships are the best right like they yeah. so post it you i i know you moved into a couple of uh, stints at tech companies yeah. then you yeah. did your mba at isb yeah, yeah, and yeah. then you finally ended up joining uh, yeah. icici bank where yes. you spent what good 16 17 years 16 yeah. 17. 16 years 16 years so please, please talk me through that. Like, yeah. what is so unique about ICICI? For one, that you stuck around for so long. Yeah, right? ICICI is a very unique institution. And uh, again, very fond memories of ICICI. 
every time sometimes there's a slip of tongue and you know i keep on saying i am from the bank <laughs> even today <laughs> I, i think really what stands out is uh, you know the the culture that the institution has built over a period of time and uh, you know all kudos to the leaders there mr kamar and before that mr vagul and everybody before that i landed as a management trainee and uh, you know i had before i say say actually my last job was in those days of fintech <laughs> as we call it it was the company was called webtech and they were trying to build a prime brokerage system on the web this was 2000 you know 2001 way way ahead of its time so they couldn't they couldn't it was sort of a startup obviously coming from a large bank but uh, they shut it down and i had nothing to do so i went to isb after that uh, but i really got interested in finance during that period so i was a part of the finance and strategy team finance strategy copdev you know mergers and acquisitions the whole group and i landed there and from the very first day you know i was completely lost because I, what i thought of models and black holes and all that it was basically accounts <laughs> accounting that you learned in b school is mostly about industrial companies and financial services accounting is very different from you know industrial companies accounting and i was completely lost like for few months but the great thing was i accidentally landed at a place where i got an opportunity to work with all the leaders in the bank so i worked uh, directly with mr kamath you know uh, in that period of 2 3 years i worked with mrs kalpana murpariya tanda kochar mr kanan uh, rakesh ja ananda banerjee all these uh, were my bosses and it really shaped the way you think about things uh, from grounds up you know have big ambitions on on what you want to do and uh, really those were the days where i sort of understood finance like the back of my hand um so huge amount of responsibilities given at a very young age is what makes the institution so special and mr kamath he made the place very very entrepreneurial you were given a job and you were supposed to do it of course all the help is available but you are solely responsible for it and uh, i think that's what has built so many leaders and if you see look at the financial services industry it's full of icsa people exactly exactly that's that's exactly what i was going to come to that the amount of leaders and literally the number of leaders you see in the financial industries across the board yeah. uh, almost always at a ceo level or at a ceo level or now even at startup founders level right almost always they have had some stint with icici generally a long stint with icici right yeah. Yeah. and it's it's very difficult and by the way icici of course is unique in that nature i have not come across any other bank across the regions right yeah. where we have seen multiple leaders come out of a single organization you spend so much time at icici right yeah, yeah. and what and icici is a very big issuer uh, yeah the biggest yeah. one of the biggest issuers in the country right primarily from a one card perspective what problem did you see in the market what gap did you see in the market for you to decide that you know what i'm going to solve this problem yeah no very interesting question ankur so in 2008 it, during the financial uh, crisis icici went through its own issues you know and i used to handle investor relations at that point of time and you know which means that i used to very regularly interact with investors talk travel a lot to meet investors the whole world was sort of coming apart everywhere across us and we were very very badly impacted our share price fell from 1200 to 250 rupees something like that in that period you know and i would say the real education of finance happened at that point of time all of us you know me vibhav anurag uh hari devang all of us were in icici during that vintage that period and 
you know, ICICI lost almost a billion dollars on credit cards alone. Unsecured lending, I would say, I would credit cards and personal loans. And, uh, you know, uh, we really introspected after that as a company. It took us some time to get back to where, where we are. But in my mind, I built what we call the three laws of, you know, successful financial institution, which drives a lot of, you know, our thought in one card as well. So according to us, for long-term success in this industry, the number one criteria is risk management. You know, we are in an industry which is highly leveraged, right? You, you have capital of X, you can take, you can get, grow the balance sheet to, it's a 10X. So you're 10 times leveraged, you know, from day zero, right? Which means that any black swan, not even leave black swan, just a fat tail event may actually wipe out your equity very, very quickly. So risk management is very, very important, you know, for, for long-term survival and even the markets value you based on how good you are at risk management. And really the institutions which stand up, stand out are like Goldman Sachs, JP Morgan, uh, HDFC, recently ICICI. So basically risk management forms the bedrock on which a good financial institution is formed. That, that is so deeply ingrained in this team, you know, because we have viscerally gone through that period and seen what it means to, you know, uh, lose so much money. The second thing we learned was, you know, for a financial institution to be successful, it has, it has, it needs to have access to low cost funding because money is the raw material here, right? So if you are in a manufacturing industry, somebody who has the lowest cost of, cost of materials can price the product the finest. So here as well, you know, if you have the lowest cost of funds, you can actually price the product the finest, which means that you get the best borrowers because you are giving the lowest you know, uh, the lowest rates in the market in, in Nepal. And uh, it really, really hit hard uh, in terms of what kind of franchise that you need to build. You know, how do you build a long-term deposit franchise? And uh, again, that lesson is like very, very deeply ingenious. <laughs> and the third thing we learned was ultimately we are in a service business. So customer experience, the way you deal with customers, the way you handle customers is how you make money. You know, there is a lot of, there's a misconception that people make money on credit cards by charging high rates. That is absolutely not correct. The thing about credit cards is if you get a customer and you can keep the customer for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, you will make money. There, there is no need to, you know, charge usurious rates or charge, you know, absurd fees. And therefore, if you think from that lens, you realize that the number one job is to figure out a good customer and keep him and you will eventually make money. That's how it, this works. Which is why, you know, these three things are things that we have like deeply embedded in, in, in one card, uh, you know, from, from day zero. And it's sort of meeting of minds, you know, when we embarked on this journey. And what happened was Anurag Vibhav and I used to work on a lot of projects together. So Anurag used to handle, you know, personal loans, debit cards. Vibhav used to handle prepaid cards. I used to handle digital channels and used to sort of bump into each other for different kinds of projects, etc. And since then we have launched a lot of products together in the market and seen some, some work, some didn't work, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, we really enjoyed working with each other. And that's how, you know, the whole thing came together. And I used to serve on the UPI steering committee. I was uh, very early on when the whole UPI spec was getting defined and UPI was just launched and UPI was just sort of few hundred thousand transactions a month. <laughs> uh, so I sat, sat in the steering committee and, and we saw the growth that was happening, you know, month after month after month. And it really struck us is that the consumer interfaces are going to move out of banks. That was becoming very, very clear to us even then. Uh, it's not that, you know, banks can't do, but it requires a certain kind of mindset. 
you know, which which we saw and our discussion during Tapso times and integration of the whole SDK inside uh, iMobile, the the ex entire thought was there that you know this is something that we are not really good at. This is something that somebody else will be good at, and we understood that at that point of time that you know this is going to happen and uh, UPI is going to become a big product. We never expected it will become so big, but it you know it did what it did, and uh, what happened was. What UPI has done over a period of time is that it has taught everybody to do financial transactions on the mobile. My mother has never used a debit card, but she uses UPI to buy bhaji, you know, everywhere. So that's what it has done to the consumer, and and it's really shifting the distribution power, you know, uh, in a different direction compared to what we have seen historically. And that was the whole genesis, you know, behind you know coming together, uh, you know, finding out a problem to solve. that's that's really interesting and really the whole beautiful journey which you went through right and it's it, it, a lot of times it's only in hindsight that we realize that you know these were the steps which we took yes. uh, and you can connect the dots only in hindsight not yes. by you in your exactly. working there you spoke about three things one was risk management yeah. second was you know cost of capital third was customer experience uh, with respect to one card i think you have started with the third point right you are you are yes. providing a very very seamless and uh, yeah. nice customer experience i actually uh, i'm very very impressed with the ad uh, which which came out right recently yeah the interesting uh, thing uncle about the ad is most of the ad is done in house by rt some of what are you saying yeah yeah there's only production which has happened outside the store some in house Even some of the characters in the ads are our employees. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. Really fun to do. Fun to do. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's good to know. But a really cool ad, right? You spoke about the other two things, right? Cost of yeah. capital and uh, yeah. risk management. Today, I think one card is uh, built on top of multiple banks. Yes. Uh, and you're one of those few fintechs where at least what the feedback which I receive from banks is that you're one of the you know one of those fintechs which banks are very very happy working with how did that you know relationship partnership came about uh, what's your yeah. thought process behind that yeah. and let me in addition to ask that like are there any plans of getting into raising capital or getting uh, not not just for your growth right but to run yeah. your own books yeah. and doing risk management on your own yeah yeah very interesting question and again you know if you go back to uh, those three, three principles that i spoke about you know we have no say in risk management it is the purview of the banks the banks decide the policies they run the policies etc of course we keep on giving our inputs on you know how we can improve convergence you know what kind of uh, where we are seeing a lot of drops can we do something about it but the ultimate you know responsibility is of the banks the reason why we work with banks is going back to the second point look if you start with a higher cost of capital you are going to choose more risky customers that that's uh, you know because you will have to price higher and then therefore you will choose more risky customers and it's difficult to work with banks you know we are bankers we know it's difficult to navigate the entire uh, structure but if we were very clear that you know we need to have low cost of funds it was very clear that we have to work with banks and that's why we went with a full stack approach because our initial strategy was to go uh, with banks who don't have a credit card business of their own now imagine if i go to ba a bank and say that i want to do a credit card but it doesn't have a credit card business and therefore doesn't have a system how do we do this right so therefore we said okay we have to do full stack so we started you know in october actually in august 2018 is when anurag and i started you know thinking through brainstorming about that and we started building the credit card management we spoke to a lot of vendors but we quickly realized hone nahi wala hai it will take us a long time to do so we said boss let's spend some time of course we'll have to find out capital which is patient where we don't do anything for two years 
but uh, let's do this so we started actually in october 2018 is when we started really working on the cms from absolutely the first principles that we have nothing we will build from scratch with the aim that if you go to a partner bank we say sir we have everything that you need to run a credit card business we have everything please partner with us you know we will run the program for you and give us some share of the revenue that you make on the portfolio risk management is completely yours kyc is completely yours uh, we will act as a tsp and we'll run the entire program for you and uh, that is the genesis of you know why we work with banks because banks have the lowest cost of capital and to do that we needed to bring in a full stack approach because otherwise how do we partner with, with smaller banks so if we went to smaller banks we said sir we have everything ready uh, you know you don't have to incur any cost any upfront cost we will run the program for you we will act as a tsp provide the entire technology platform and that's the whole genesis of working with banks as you know you have you do this day in and day out it's uh, it's it's there's a lot of interaction back and forth but we want to make sure that there's our bank partners never have to question anything everything that they want you know we we should be able to provide so we make a lot of effort for that so you essentially brought all three of those learnings together risk management yes. of course yes maybe when you were starting up banks already were very good at it yes they definitely had a much lower cost of capital and you yes. essentially layered your uh, exactly. seamless customer experience on top of it that's yeah. that's yeah interesting and very very smart as well <laughs> yeah of course when you think about credit card as a business uh, yeah. do you think it's a zero sum game right now because like i i know there is a lot of uh, untapped potential in india but today do you think banks are competing for the same customer uh, and like This, this is the market information which we keep getting that uh, usually customers have four or five credit cards right yeah. Uh, yeah are you fighting probably for the for being the third fourth card uh, is that happening and yeah. if that is happening right yeah, yeah. Uh, acquiring a customer is is a problem statement in itself yeah. then engaging with that customer and then making sure that the customer is transacting using your card yeah. is a completely different problem to solve right so exactly. how are you tackling both of those problems yeah uh, again that very relevant question let's start from the population right there is everybody starts from the population and comes to segment of the population uh, so like we have 1.2 billion you know people 800 million adults the most striking part you know of this is there are 500 million people who have already borrowed in india out of those 800 million people so it's not that people don't know how to borrow our society is very much aware of you know how to course we have a lot of inflow of youngsters coming in but but in general our society knows how to borrow because there are five million people who have already borrowed if you remove microfinance from this there are 400 million people who have a record in the credit bureau so ideally 400 million is a lendable population right yeah, because those who have borrowed repaid etc etc uh, you know if you put more filters on top of it in terms of income levels that you want to target in terms of uh, in terms of leverage that you want to target etc etc our hypothesis is that even as of today there are 100 million people who should have a credit card in country and if you look at the number of people who have a card not the number of cards it's somewhere around 40 million so even as of today not considering the you know the gdp per capita growth you know more people coming into the working population the population that you can give a credit card to is 100 million and just imagine uh, the gdp per capita going from 2500 to 4000 6000 8000 china went from less than 100 million cards to a billion cards 
even if you discount some numbers etc the trajectory is very clear because credit card is a consumption product and it maps beautifully with you know gdp per, cap per capita actually if you try to do a regression of gdp per capita and, and credit card penetration you will see a very very good correlation so what is going to drive the growth of credit card is the growth in gdp per capita more people coming into the workforce so this 100 million is going to go to some number you know let's say 200 250 million. we have no insecurities we are very you know very very secure that we have to do what we have to do uh, build a good product you know build a decent distribution have good risk management you know work with banking partners make sure that you know we are always so when we speak of these numbers you know you know if you stretch the time frame there is ample space right six seven banks control 85% 82% of the credit card market in india right so there are only six players controlling 82% you know for a country like large and diverse country like us there is there space for five more players six more players i definitely think there is it's like you know when yes bank and kotak bank came everybody thought you know where will they get the deposits from those are very large banks you know in their own right now and it's just because the country is growing so you know in our mind handling regulations working as per regulations things will work out that's that's our you know thinking around you know this, this okay okay what's next for one card like which are the biggest problems that you are solving currently yeah so see uh, even before we launched one card uh, you know we launched a product called one score okay one score was meant as a credit education product because when we started doing research for one card and actually we did we actually did consumer research three of us standing outside malls talking to people you know on which bank card do you have why do you use a credit card and number one reason for not using credit card was people used to think that they will get over leverage or they will overspend and number two was banks will put some charge which i don't know and will be charged some rates uh, interest rates and fees etc etc so these were the two main reasons why people don't use credit card and when we started you know working on one card we said hey one card is two years away because we have to build the entire tech stack can we do something in between and that's when we thought you know if we are going to launch a product where it is easy to make a mistake see in credit card it's very if you don't educate the customer it's very easy to make a mistake and you know overspend or you know start getting charge interest etc so we thought why why not launch a credit education product where we teach the customer what is a credit score and there are a lot of people who are entering into the workforce borrowing for the first time even people who have borrowed don't even know what what is their credit score for example before i came here i didn't know that my credit score changes every month i didn't know <laughs> so so those kinds of things are 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 thing that we started out to solve and once core was launched we said let's launch the product see how it goes there are other products in the market but our promise to the customer was very simple no spam no ads we will never call and we are very very serious about that even today we we never call the customer you know uh, we show some you know banner ads for one card inside one score but we don't call the customer it was meant purely as a education product and what happened was we thought we'll get 2 lakh 3 lakh that's what we told our investors maybe we'll get 2 3 lakh customers you know and somehow we managed to be at the right place right time you know etc etc and today we have like 12 million you know 10 million 12 12 million customers 12 million downloads so uh, just happened to be there and the thought remains the same that you know we want to make sure that we don't borrowers don't end up in debt trap they know what they are doing they are checking their scores regularly they are checking their financial health regularly so uh, that was the genesis of you asked about gtm so i said that was the genesis of actually one card most of our customers uh, a lot of our customer acquisition happens through that channel uh, on one card 
and the the aim is we want to add a few more banking partners and there's a huge roadmap for features that we want to build uh, you know lots of interesting products etc etc so one product that we recently launched and you know we are very proud of is something that we organically discovered right so a lot of people used to come and tell us that you know hey i don't have a credit score so you are not giving me a card i said what i can't give you because that's what the bank risk policy is i can't change the risk policy Uh, then we went back to drawing board and we started studying what we could do and then we came across the sec- a secured card product let's do a secured card everybody said bullshit doesn't work we said you know let's try i don't know you know it hasn't worked maybe it won't work but at least we won't send our customers empty handed uh, today we were forced to send them empty handed so we built this product along with uh, sbm bank one of our banking partners and um, you know somehow you know it took took off it's not still a very large product but i would say that you know it solves the customer problem very beautifully we are able to give a card to ntc customer so what we are doing is we are teaching the customer how to manage credit and as he's paying back and his credit history is building up we keep on going and increasing his 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 line so you start with 110% of your fd as a credit line then it goes up to 120% 150% 200% and that fits in beautifully with one score because in one score he can see his score building up and here he sees his credit limit limit going up and again that's like very grounds up if you see at the name of our company and the name of the company is fpl technologies okay uh, fpl stands for first principles labs because oh, we thought nice. we are not going into a industry you know we're not trying to do something very innovative right we are going into an industry with and a product which already exists what will we solve here we will we'll solve customer problems from first principles so this was one problem that we discovered you know and our team discovered frankly you know product teams engineering teams our customer service teams we all brainstormed together couple of things one that's a very beautiful uh, feature which you have built i have actually experienced that feature with a uh, cousin of mine and she was extremely happy uh, yeah. she's 19 years and of course does not have any credit history right so she was very happy that i'm getting to do this and that and uh, the whole journey itself made her feel like an adult yeah so specifically for you know kids who have just passed out from college or you know getting into their first job a lot of times banks don't because they are new to credit customers they don't get credit cards and that was a very beautiful journey they get to feel like an adult and the second point which i think you have very humbly not mentioned and i think that's where uh, a lot of differentiation is also getting created is the card itself yeah it's a it's an amazing card it it feels yeah, yeah. very very super premium right and yeah yeah everyone gets it there is no yeah. differentiation there right yeah yeah even a 21 year old kid and a 50 year old businessman right all yeah. of them yeah. get the same yeah. same uh, card actually, actually that's a that's a very you know good point ankur and uh, you know frankly i missed it uh, when we were debating about the product and on what should we launch in the market you know as i told you our main product is the app because once the customer comes in the app i can i have lots of ways to service him give him more features etc but how do you tell somebody that this is a good app i mean there's no way to experience a good app right and uh, credit card on the and the issue with credit card is credit card is a not a need based product it's a lifestyle product you don't get up in the morning and say i need a credit card but if you want a car you need a car loan you need you want a home you need a home loan so it's not a need based product you don't need a credit card and if i don't tell you you will forget about it tomorrow right so the reason why you take a card is somebody tells you oh ye card dekha ke acha hai you know isme acche features hain ye so we thought you know how do we cut this clutter now one thing is you know i can tom tom and say i have the best product in the market or i can i put something tangible in front of the customer 
So the whole genesis of Metal Card was that if your product is not a need-based product and it's a lifestyle product, you know, it should look like a lifestyle product. And and that's how the idea of Metal Card came. Of course, you know, there's implication on economics and how do you cover your uh, cost of cards, etc. But really, really, what it did is it positioned the product at a certain point in customers' mind, got us the downloads from where I can showcase what kind of experience I have to offer, which is different from what people are used to. And, and, and that really was a segue into, you know, uh, you know, into the product. So that was a good point. You made. Yeah, no, 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 very, very interesting. That particular point. Uh, now coming back to your ICICITs, right? And it, it's kind of a deja vu for me. Being a banker and then leaving the bank to start up. Uh, I know for a fact, a lot of banker and, you know, a lot of my yeah. friends who work in a bank, uh, dream of doing that or think of doing that. Yeah, you have done that, right? Yeah. And, and this is also one very interesting and different because you've worked in the bank for such a long period of time. So someone who has yeah. worked maybe for two or three years, it's, it's not that big a deal, right? But yeah, for someone yeah. who has worked for such a long period of time has yeah. uh, risen to a particular stature in a bank, right? Yeah. For yeah. that person to leave that all behind and then yeah. start up from scratch, it's one very cool, yeah. uh, but also very rare, right? So what advice would you give to, yeah. you know, current bankers who would want yeah. to, or who would be dreaming of, or thinking of starting up on their own? What advice would you give? Please include both positives and negatives. So yeah. I know for a fact, starting up is not easy. It is very, very yeah. tough. So yeah. let the reality also hit, but also yeah. talk about the positives. Yeah. So see, uh, I think first of all, you have to be very passionate about the problem that you see and the opportunity that you see. Uh, good thing for me was Anurag and Vipak had already left the bank, so <laughs> uh, they were able to uh, tell me, I could see what they were doing and uh, I had some support that way. But I was always very, very passionate about the problem, right? Uh, you know, I had worked on iMobile, fantastic product. Before that, I had built pockets completely from scratch. I sat in the UPI committee, saw the growth of UPI and the question really in my mind was, if not now, then when? And I've always been very, very, you know, oriented I never stopped coding even when I was handling you know digital business in the bank so I, my mind was already tuned towards the problem but when I started looking at these platforms you know pockets UPI iMobile I clearly saw that was the world is moving right so and and this is the time to move and when I came to mobile banking you know iPhone had just got launched and people still had similar phones in office right and in front of me in like three years, we went from Symbian to, you know, smartphones completely, right? Everybody had Android and iOS. And I understood the change, the change at the pace at which the change was happening. And then UPI came along and it, it just changed how people use financial services. So that was, you know, uh, the time that I really got the courage and said, hey, if I don't do this now and the whole world is changing, there is no other time to do this. And of course, Anurag and, you know, uh, egged me on and said, no, no, let's do it. And that way I had support. Of course, that that's the positive. Uh, you know, negative is for a person like me who was doing well, I had to leave behind a lot of issues. ICICI Bank has done very well since then. <laughs> so those things, you lose some of your comfort. You know, for two years, frankly, we were doing nothing. At some days, we used to have doubts whether you know we can do the whole CMS ourselves because we were just doing nothing. You know, building, building, building for 24 months, right? So uh, sometimes your faith gets shaken and all that. But yeah, you have. Like-minded people, you survive through that and, and you end up not something. But the journey is going to be rocky. You know, that is, as you said, you know, you you know better than me. 
the journey is uh, is going to be rocky so you have to be prepared for you know a rocky journey never think that you know you come to a startup and thinkful vision no things every day is a new day here <laughs> even today yeah absolutely like you just cannot afford to lose passion yes uh, but also you know have to be perseverant because there will be times when you are not just emotionally tested you will be tested financially as well right yes so yes. a lot of lows are there uh, in your life whenever you are starting up and i'm sure you would have gone through the same uh, as a, personally for me what has helped has been the support system around right yes. so if you have the right people uh, around you uh, it's yeah. easier to stand up again and again get running yeah. uh, it's difficult if you don't have that support system right so uh, having yeah, good please. co-founders uh, having yeah, a yeah. good team around you it's it's exactly. very very important see a startup is all about people Yeah. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I, I keep saying that uh, our team is my primary product, right? Yes. Uh, yes. Whatever else we build, yes, it is. It it will. Our team is building it. So. Yes. But primary product is always the team. Uh, Rupesh, it's been fun chatting with you. I really appreciate it. One last question before we close this podcast: What is the kindest thing that anyone has done for you? Give me any answer, like. It's not necessarily recent answer. It could be way back in your childhood as well. Yeah. Uh, so you know, I I remember I used to be um, you know a, a very idealist guy, right? What happened was there was some you know some event in school where it was a paid event, and you know I since I was a little tall, people made me you know as the person who collects the tickets. <laughs> so uh, you know, so so there were some guys who. you know came in who didn't want to give tickets and uh, you know i stopped them and uh, i got bashed up by these guys uh, <laughs> pretty badly but uh, you know one of the seniors from school he came up and he said and he he don't you know he didn't have pity but he was very kind he said boss get up and uh, he said you know tum bachche ho abhi but there will be lots of such events physical mental etc etc but the day you realize that there is no help around is when you become a man you know and and that lesson has really it i would it was not an act of kindness but it, it was an act of kindness in really showing you the way and from that day you know i i would say i really built up confidence that you know you can do things as they say the world is a very very malleable place if you want to change it and really have a passion for it you can actually do it that's what i learned you know when when i, I was in great great five Six or seven is what is what I or eight something. <laughs> that that's that's really beautiful because uh, when you actually fall down, yeah, physically you can always get up, right? Yeah, almost always get up. Uh, it's the mental part where you yes. need help, and then someone coming and making sure that they're not feeling sorry for you, they're not feeling pity on you, yeah. they're giving you the strength. and telling you that you have it in you to stand yeah. up and again hold yourself so uh, exactly. that that's really empowering rupesh thank you so much uh, really enjoyed our conversation and thank you for sharing so many insights really appreciate it and again best of luck for one card uh, it's a very cool product that you have built up i really wish you all the success thank you Thanks so much always a pleasure talking to you